John 7, verses 37 through 39 is where we be in this series, The Red Letters of John. We're looking at really who, who is the Christ? Who is Jesus? What did he teach? How did he live, especially? Because I believe, and this is the message of the gospel, really, is as we live the way of Christ, new life, resurrection life, is actually activated within us now, not later, now. So let's, we want to focus in on what it means to live the way of Christ. John 7, verses 37 through 39, in the liturgy, um, <clears throat> please read along with me as I read. On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, from their innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Christ, I pray now that as I typically pray, no matter who we are, no matter where we come from, no matter why we're here even, my prayer is that we would experience healing. Hopefully we know that we need that. If we don't, show us spirit that we do, where we do, and then please give us life. Help us to embody that and experience it. May it be a a lived reality more today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so here's Jesus using strange language again about drinking him. He says, if you're thirsty... I'm your guy. So what does that mean? What what does Jesus come to offer? What kind of drink is he talking about? And and before we get there, what what does it mean to be thirsty? What thirst is Jesus referencing here? I believe it's, it's this. It's the deep down thirst to be loved for exactly who we are. I think we all have, deep down, have that yearning, that desire. That's really the homesickness that is, seems to be built in with us. It's a, it's a longing to go home, so to speak, to one who sees us for who we really are and doesn't go the opposite direction, but moves closer to us in love and, and actually moves in and stays. This is the thirst. I think that we, we need to have here in mind and heart to understand first what, what Jesus means when he says he has come to give that drink. But the only way we will see Christ and really see our, our thirst first is to understand that, well, we can't manufacture this drink. It is a complete gift. 
We, we can't earn it. We can't manufacture it. And so if we're, if we're trying to, to live that way, we, we won't notice this Savior. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm sure, well, y'all probably wouldn't be here if this wasn't part of your story. That is suffering. Here's the thing about life. Uh, only those who have really suffered or, or fallen, you know, only, only those who have failed at something can realize this thirst. Only those who have really fallen or suffered know that they can't manufacture what they need. It has to be given to them. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Kara. Right? So is, is that you? I mean, I, I, I think it's actually what it means to be human is to suffer, but not everybody sees that. Uh, but for those who, you know, have, have, can't help but have experienced and know the suffering that is life, uh, which can come by our own, through our own hands, we can, through our sin, through us doing something, falling, failing, or it can happen to us. It's, it works the same. When your legs are knocked out from under you, at that point you realize, oh, this, has, this drink has to be a gift. I can't, I can't earn it. Now, the first gift that we have as human beings is just that being. This is our reference point. And at House of Mercy, this is our reference point for every human being made in the image of God. That is your primary identity, and that is a gift. If you exist, if you are alive, that is given to you, right? No one did anything to be born, right? This is the first gift, and it comes from God. That is, we come from God. And this is our reference point. It's really important that we begin there. Otherwise, like if you start at your failure or your sin, you will be off. And you won't really understand the gospel or God or yourself. Um, Molly Sullivan, uh, who has strep throat and her whole family has strep throat. That's why they're not here today. She last night, though, sent me... uh, She's, she and I talk a lot, and, and we're, we're kind of in sync in, in many respects spiritually, and, and she, she'll send me these you know, quotes from this writer or this theologian, and she sent me one last night from Henry Nowen that uh, I said, wow, that's the sermon tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. I want to read it to you. Here it is. We were innocent before we started feeling guilty. We were in the light before we entered into the darkness. We were at home before we started to search for a home. This, this is about our origin in God, okay? Deep in the recesses of our minds and hearts, there lies hidden, still hidden, the treasure we seek. Now, this may sound interesting, strange to you. Um, I don't know. I believe this is true. The place to go for that drink is actually in here because we come from God. <laughs> our our God-likeness perhaps is, has, been, has been hidden through various things, but this is still who we are, and this is still where we must go. We will not notice this, though, without the desert. You've you got to go through the desert <laughs> In order for uh, really to dry up our ego and our egotistical ways, which is always 
um, you know, we're aimed at earning something. Yeah, the treasure that I seek is out there, and I'm going to go get it. We have to go through the wilderness, through the desert, in order to have that mirage taken away from us. And so this is now the, this is why suffering is kind of part of the deal. We, we actually need it. It's necessary. Sin and suffering, both necessary. That's the, the desert that we must go through to dry up our ego so that we quit chasing the, mirage, the mirages that we think we see so that we'll be enabled to look at, well, where we actually are and, and who we actually are. And you know what happens when you do that? You realize there's someone sitting right there with you, and he never left. His name is Christ. Jesus Christ. you got to go through the desert, though, and everybody kind of has to leave you, so to speak, before you realize the last man standing. And you realize, well, that's the only one I need anyway. This is what salvation is all about. In this moment, after going through the desert, we finally see that Jesus is the one that's been sitting right here all along. I don't know what you heard about God before. Uh, Maybe he sounded like a a taskmaster who just wanted to, you know, I always think of um, Kate McKinnon on Saturday Night Live who who thought of God this way. She, She was an Irish Roman Catholic was her character, and she said, um, what that means is I love God and God hates me. <laughs> I'm afraid that's what religion, Christianity instills in us. Friends, that is not the God that is. That is not the God that is right here with us who created you. You are a child of God. What, what father trashes his, his child? This is not the God that is, but we have to go through the desert to notice this. And we kind of have to go through this understanding that, well, yeah, we we have committed some crimes (laughs) against humanity, (laughs) against ourselves. Yeah, we we do that. And and our, our ego, especially when it's behind the wheel, does this. The worst kind is really the religious kind, the self righteous kind. That's the most harmful to humanity and to ourselves. And it's right then, though, when, when we realize the scene of the crime uh, and that we are, the one, we are the perpetrator, that we can then notice, guess, guess who's at the scene of the crime with us in our sin? That is when we notice the God that is. That is when we notice Christ. And he's telling us today in this passage, I've come to give you a drink. Everybody else has gone, not me. I've come to give you a drink. I've come to give you the drink that will actually heal you. So this is our main teaching today. Our thirst for something more. If you feel a thirst for something more in life, follow that. God is, is, is trying to take you deeper. Deep is calling unto deep. If you feel that thirst, that's a good thing. Our thirst for something more is meant to lead us to Christ who has come to give us the drink that we need, who has come to give us the drink that actually heals. So another shorter way to think of uh, the main teaching, the deep end is within. (laughs) 
This is what Jesus is teaching us here in these three short verses. So uh, let's get into the scene of the, of the text. So verse 37, it, it talks about we're still in the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, a high holy season for, uh, in Judaism, and uh, it was called the Feast of Booths. And it mentions that at this day when Jesus is talking, it's the great day. It's the great day of the feast. What that meant was it was the seventh day, the last day. And this was a really important day, a climactic day for this week-long festival that took its cues from an Old Testament passage. I want to read that for us. Zechariah 14, 8, and 9 is really all about this. It's, the prophecy, it's a prophecy that, that this day in this festival is all about. Listen to this. It says, there's a day coming when living water will flow out from Jerusalem, half of it to the eastern sea and half of it to the western sea. In other words, it will cover the earth. It shall continue in summer as in winter, as in it will always continue. It will always flow. It will always run. And the Lord will become king over all the earth, On that day, the Lord will be one and his name one. So, so the great day of this festival, this is the, it's ritualizing that prophecy. And so on this day, the priest, in fact, would take water. Like water was a heavy theme for this day. Would, would take water and would pour it all around the altar. They also had these, uh, liturgical prayers where they would pray for water to fall from the sky. Uh, during this season and also rain the crops and produce new life to produce resurrection. The great day of this feast was meant to symbolize all of those things and this coming day when the Lord would reign. And this, this river of flowing water will cover the earth. So, now we get at what Jesus means when he stands up and he cries out and he basically says, that day is now. That day has come. And I am the water that the, that the world needs. You see, that's what this is all about. I am the water. Come and drink me. Literally, in the Greek, let them, all of them, keep coming to me. And let them keep drinking. Like, this is a river of running water, flowing water that, that never runs out. If, if you were to find flowing water in the desert, that was unusual. Um, but, but that's flowing water, running water. To find running water was really special. And Jesus is saying, I am that water that has come to cover the earth. So this whole ritual on this day was, was just about this. But here's what Jesus is saying. Um, I am coming to quench the thirst that is deep within you. And this is not necessarily what the religious people were looking for. They were looking for some other, I don't know, um, quenches to, to some other kind of thirst or thirstiness. Jesus is saying, I have come to quench your deepest, most longing sense within you. This is what he's saying. I have come and I fully know you all about you, who you are, and I fully love you. Why do I love you? Just because you're Bill. 
just because you're Darlene, just because you're Lisa and Fee, just because you're Cam. That's why. (laughs) You see, this is changing the whole game now. Life is no longer, it is not about win or lose, performance. It is about our gift of being that Jesus has come to restore. And this is the thirst that we, and the longing that we have in the deep recesses of our bodies. And Jesus has come to quench that thirst. Um, one of my favorite movies is the movie Juno. Anybody remember Juno? And one of my favorite scenes in Juno, Juno is about uh, a, a teenage girl that gets pregnant. I think she was 16 and decides to keep the baby and is looking for a, a potential parents, going to give the baby up for adoption. And she thinks she's found the, the, the couple. I think Jason Bateman played the, the dad, if I remember right, uh, has found the couple. And this is the one. They have a loving relationship, she thinks, uh, until the dad hits on her. And she realizes their marriage is falling apart. And then there's a scene with, with uh, Juno and her dad, J.K. Simmons, played by J.K. Simmons. And it goes like this. Juno says, I'm losing my faith in humanity. I guess I wonder sometimes if people ever stay together for good. I just need to know that it's possible for two people to stay happy together forever, or at least for a few years. And so she's talking to her dad, and her dad responds this way. Juno, in my opinion, the best thing you can do is to find a person who loves you for exactly what you are. Good mood, bad mood, ugly, pretty, handsome, what have you. The right person will, will still think the sun shines out your ass. That's the kind of person that's worth sticking with. There's the thirst. You hear it in Juno. There's the thirst. Well, friends, here's the gospel. That person exists. His name is Christ. And he has come for you. But if you're looking for Christ and, and all these other people, you probably will be let down. However, once we find Christ and we take the drink that, that is him and is this love Well, we no longer need that out of everybody else. (laughs) We've got all that we need. This person is definitely sticking with us. Do you know how I know? Because of the cross, the crucifixion. And this is now what, what Jesus means in verse 38 when he says, as the scriptures say. So Jesus says, I am that one. Drink me. I'm the water that you need. Just as the scriptures, the scripture says, well, he's likely thinking. You know, scholars debate what, because it's hard to find exactly like a you know exactly what passage Jesus had in mind verbatim. But it's it's pretty clear. It's probably Psalm seventy eight fifteen through sixteen, which which says this: He split rocks open in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly, as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and caused waters to flow down like rivers. Jesus is saying, I am that rock. Now, his glorification, 
that's mentioned in the next verse, what does that mean? Well, it's actually talking about the moment when the rock is struck that then produces water for the world. And that is the cross. That is the crucifixion. How do we know this? Well, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul says explicitly that very thing. You hear in First Corinthians, I'll read that in a second, but you hear in the Psalm 78 passage that being referenced. You hear that it's this flowing water that runs actually from the deep within, but it is activated through this striking of the rock, okay? Uh, which is a reference first to Numbers 20. There's this story in the Old Testament, this trippy, mystical <laughs> experience encounter happens where the people are in the desert, so to speak, in the wilderness. They're really thirsty. They're complaining to Moses, the mediator, the go-between between God and the people. And the people, you know, are quarreling, bickering, give us some water. And so Moses talks to God, Moses and Aaron, and this is what God tells them to do. Go to this rock, take your staff and hit it twice, strike it twice. From that rock, water will flow continually. And so this is what happened, actually happened, according to the Scriptures, in Numbers 20, that now is being referenced in Psalm 78, that Jesus is now taking upon his own lips, saying, I am that rock. This is what causes the water to flow. So Paul will say in 1 Corinthians 10.4, this is what literally, literally it says there, all, he's now going back to Numbers 20, all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Oh, now we're beginning to understand how to read the Bible. This is a mystical book, you see, that talks about the really real. And what is really real is on the cross, you have God actually, becoming the scene of the crime so that water might flow out into the whole world. That is Jesus' glorification. So, the living word here, Christ says, now the water source is Christ in you. Is Christ in you. In you. Uh, Richard Rohr, Richard Rohr moment, here it comes. Short sentence. Richard Rohr says, God becomes the things God loves. <laughs> God so loved you, he moved in, <laughs> took on our flesh in order to give us this drink. Where? Within. That's where we find it. This is the gospel. The kingdom has come in the flesh, in your flesh, in my flesh. Colossians 1, 26 and 27, the mystery. This is, this is mysterious. And, and Jesus is saying this, and the people in his hearing are likely not going to get it because of this. It's a mystery. It says in Colossians 1, 26 and 27, though, the mystery hidden for ages and generations has now been revealed. What's the mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Friends, that is your worth. (laughs) Christ is in you. And guess what? Christ is not going anywhere. (laughs) He's going to stick with you. How do we know this? Well, God became the scene of the crime in order to heal the whole world. That's dedication. 
This is what happened. This is what the gospel tells us. So we get to verse 38. The living water now is in our innermost being. And you heard me last Sunday say the Greek word kolia. It's the word for belly, for gut. Where's God? In your belly, (laughs) in your gut, in your heart. You can use that language too. So the deep end is within. Okay, uh, I'm losing some of y'all. We're almost done. Is, is the water, scholars debate, okay, so is the water source Christ or is it us? Anybody know the answer? Is it Christ or is it us? Somebody, somebody. Christ, yeah. Does somebody say us too? Because both are true. Yes. Is it the water source Christ or is it us? Yes. We are one by faith in Christ. Both and Yes, St. Teresa of Avila, the self-same moment that we find God in ourselves, we also find ourselves in God. And friends, this is what makes this water eternal, always flowing. All right, me in with this. Um, this language of the, the, living, the rivers of living water from within shows up earlier in John. You may remember it. Uh, John 4, verse 14, same language. And it's when Jesus is sitting at a well with a woman. And uh, this is a woman who gets suffering. This is a woman who gets pain, failure. And so this is a woman who gets Jesus. All the people are gone from the well, but this one last man standing. And Jesus is convincing her that he is all that she has ever needed. And guess what? He's right here. Did everybody else leave? Jesus says, I I haven't. So the language is right here. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water, that is at the well, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Here it is. So uh, we're looking for God, (laughs) Um, sometimes in all the wrong places. God is actually at the scene of the crime. (laughs) That's where God is, at the scene of my crime, your crime. You, you think that God wouldn't be there. You think that God surely is turning his face from there. He's not. That's precisely where he is. Or maybe even worse, you think that you're not capable of committing a crime. In which case, you will definitely never see this Christ. You will definitely never see this God or drink from this water. He's at the scene of the crime caused by our ego and our false self. Usually, and this is again just the the way that life is, usually everyone has to leave us before we will see him though. Usually everyone has to go away before we'll notice the last man standing. And friends, good news, this is the only person we really need. And where does he dwell? He dwells, from, he dwells within. So are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Come and take a drink. <laughs> Let's take a drink. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, um, my prayer is that as a community, we will begin to be more real. 
more honest, more authentic, because it is only then that we will see the God that really is. In Jesus' name, amen.